This is Wilderness and Wildlife, presented by the Gallatin Wildlife Association in Bozeman, Montana. This is a half-hour program featuring commentaries and interviews with wildlife and wilderness advocates relating to the unique natural environment that we enjoy in the wildlands of the West and all across America. I'm your host, Jay Shell. Our guest today is Jessica Cargella. She's the Executive Director of Footloose Montana, which is an advocacy organization devoted to getting rid of trapping in Montana. So, welcome, Jessica. It's good to be talking with you. Going to be an interesting interview. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, Jessica, how did Footloose get started, uh, and do you have members, or what type of organization is it? We are a 501c3 nonprofit corporation. We do advocate based on our mission. We were founded in 2007 by a group of friends, uh, primarily, though, when Anya Heister, our first founder, was out mm-hmm. cross-country skiing mm-hmm. with her significant other. They mm-hmm. saw a fisher in a snare hanging from a tree. Oh, my. And... She was very upset. It was difficult for her to see the animal suffering. Yeah. And uh, they decided that they would try to release the animal from the trap. At the Uh time, didn't know that disturbing a trap was against the law. Really? Yes. Oh, my. Yeah. You know, coming back and reporting on it to other people, being astounded that trapping was happening on Montana's public land, a group formed to found Footloose Montana and Montana for Trap-Free Lands, and thus the organization was born. There was a documentary filmmaker, an attorney, several other folks that decided that uh, they would form a board and incorporate and make it their mission to ban trapping on on public lands. We recognize Mm -hmm. private land rights, so we're just focused on public lands. Since then, we've expanded our mission to include protection of wildlife, We have a particular focus on predator species. They seem to be under assault, so we've a primary focus on them also. So uh, do you need financial support? Where does that come from? Well, you know, that's the nature of the nonprofit sector, right? Mm -hmm. We depend on small-dollar donors. We apply for grants. You know, we have some larger benefactors for whom we're really grateful, but... um, yeah, we are dependent on those who share our mission, who share a desire to ban trapping on public lands and protect our wildlife. What are the different kinds of trapping in Montana? Uh, they use snares. Uh, they do denning. Uh, what kind of what kind of methods are used? The the primary forms of trapping in Montana are foothold. Um, some people refer to them to jawed or steel jawed traps mm-hmm. um, and snares. Those are the two forms that are primarily used in Montana. And what kinds of animals do they go after? Uh, the species that can be trapped in Montana are bobcat, fisher, otter, swift fox, muskrat, mink, martin, beaver, wolverine, lynx um, is a target um, in other states. Uh, of course, it's protected. I mean, in other countries, but it's um, protected in the United States under the Endangered Species Act. And there are quotas on some of them. So are but there, a lot of them are unlimited. Are they just uh, smaller animals, or uh, can they can they trap for wolf and bear and mountain right, lions? Right. Yes. Yes. So um, uh, 
they do they do trap for wolves. They can bait for wolves. Um, there are there's unlimited um, hunting of black bears. Grizzly bears are protected under the Endangered Species Act, and then there are quotas on mountain lions. Oh. And what's the motivation for trapping? What are they well, going after? Why are they going after? It can't really be a profit motive when you look at reimbursement rates for trapping. Uh-huh. The average rate is anywhere from ten to twenty, ten to thirty dollars per hide. Mm. Uh, when you look at um, the amount of expense that someone would have to put in to to go out and trap animals actively, you know, um, you've got gasoline, you've got costs for the equipment, um, clothing, specialized clothing, your time, your energy. Um, it's uh, pretty common knowledge among trappers that you really can't make a living for trapping. I think uh-huh. a lot of people view it as a sport or a recreation. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, you know, um, I, I think that that's really sad because I would define, as well, as a lot of other people would define between a sport or hunting and trapping. I think they're entirely different things. Mm-hmm. Why do people trap instead of hunt? Or do well, they do both? I, some people do both, but I think uh, trappers are a specific group, and uh-huh. I think that it's something that they've grown up with. I think that they were taught how to do that. Um, I don't think that there's a lot of recruitment into the sport. The numbers bear that out. Um, the numbers of trappers in the state of Montana dwindle every year. I think there are only around 3,000 trappers currently uh-huh. in the state of Montana, according to licensing. Where do they place their traps? They're supposed to put them um, off of setbacks, which are 50 feet off of a trail or uh-huh. road, and 500 feet off of a trailhead. Um, but traps are placed illegally all of the time. Uh-huh. What kind of terrain do they do? They, do, they tra- do they set these traps in forest areas or out on uh, tundra or uh, grasslands? Where? Primarily, it tends to be forested areas. Uh-huh. I mean, you would tend to think of uh, the locations for the traps uh, based on their habitat, the species habitat. So, you know, with a bobcat um, or a lynx, that's going to be deep snowpack forested uh-huh. areas. Um, with most of the, the fur bearers, you know, if you think of uh, like a beaver, of course, you're going to have to look near water sources. Are they are trappers primarily ranchers who want to get rid of nuisances and predators? No, trappers are a category all of their own. Um, ranchers really probably aren't interested in traps because most of them have dogs. They have cats. They have other animals that can get caught in traps. Not a lot of ranchers trap. I'm sure they're probably a handful, but um, you know, as a general rule. Um, Ranchers aren't trappers, no. So there's Not a lot. So there's there apparently isn't that much damage uh, caused by the animals that uh, are the targets of trapping. Do, do you mean that livestock are not being depredated on? Yeah. By the. Well, you know, you're going to hear that at commission meetings. You're going to hear that at the legislature that predator species are a problem for livestock, but. Anyone can go to the Montana Department of Agriculture, excuse me, the Montana um, Department of Livestock website and 
look up for themselves. The Livestock Loss Board um, will reimburse for losses, and they keep track of the numbers of livestock lost to depredation. So in 2022, um, out of um, 3,895,000 total livestock, including cattle, sheep, lambs, hogs, in total, there are 3,895,000 livestock in the state of Montana. And out of those, in 2022, there were only 145 losses out of all of those categories of livestock lost to depredation reported to the Livestock Loss Board. Are those predations mostly caused by coyotes? They are. Coyotes are the most likely to kill livestock, yes. They are also trapped, is that right? They are. I see. They're trapped and hunted also. Yeah. You say there are about 3,000 trappers in Montana. Do they have to be licensed? They do. You do have to license to trap. You have to license with the state, yes. Do trappers use bait to lure animals to their traps? Primarily just with wolves. Ah, but not coyotes or, or other smaller animals, huh? Well, I would imagine that they do. You know, that's probably not something I could speak to. Um, but, yeah, I would imagine with coyotes, they probably do. Um, other species, you don't have to. Um, when you think about something like a, a beaver or um, a, a muskrat. A beaver and muskrat, are, are they heavily trapped in Montana? You know, there's unlimited quotas on it, so we're not tracking the numbers. Uh-huh. But I would imagine that since there's not a market for those pelts, yeah. um, you would think not. I don't know what people would be doing with those pelts. Are, are, poison, are poisons used to, uh, in any way to go after the same animals that they want to trap? Well, you probably read recently that the BLM just banned, um, what were they, the M44s? Yeah. yeah. Cyanide bombs? Right. Um, yes, so poisons were being used by um, Bureau of Land Management up until recently, and they've been banned for a minimum of five years now. But, um, yes, poisons are certainly used. I know people who poison coyotes. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, how often do trappers need to check their traps? Is that um, a requirement? Th- it's not really a requirement. <laughs> um, Fish Wildlife Parks only recommends that trappers check them every 48 hours. Um, so that's the administrative rules, which are just a recommendation. And Montana law says that trappers must attend traps in a manner that doesn't waste fur-bearing animals, and traps have to be removed post-trapping season. So I would say that it's not really regulated. <laughs> Do animals uh, mostly die in the traps before the trapper gets to them, or does the trapper find a, a live animal in a trap and then kill her? What, kill them? What's the what pronoun? So there are conibear traps, or body crushing traps, and um, those are used in Montana too. Um, people, trappers, I guess, lean more away from those because of the inaccuracy of the traps, um, but. Uh, when, when they work the way that they're intended, they're supposed to kill an animal instantly, but a foothold or, or a snare will not. 
and an animal will suffer, and that is the more common scenario, is that if an animal is caught in a foothold or a snare, that it is going to suffer. Animals will chew off their feet. Other animals will predate on them. They will freeze to death. They'll starve, depending on how long they're there. It causes incredible suffering. Do you know what the frequency is of dropping and, and where in Montana it uh, is most heavily done? Primarily in western Montana, where there are more forested areas. You can look at quotas for certain areas and the number of species that are trapped. It'll give you a pretty good idea. But those areas surrounding our national parks would be the areas that are probably most heavily trapped. When an animal is taken by a trapper from the trap, do they have to report on the taking? If they're unlimited and there are no quotas, no. Mm. Um, others, you know, some have a 24-hour reporting requirement. Um, wolves have to be reported within 24 hours. Um, you know, they have to provide um, evidence of the animal, like a skull, to the um, Fish, Wildlife, Parks Department. So there's different different requirements for different species. Let me come back to ranchers and farmers. Um, are there... What do they do in order to protect their livestock from uh, predation by by other animals? Most ranchers will find that non-lethal means are the most effective. Um, and considering that depredation from predator species isn't really significant, um, things like dogs are most commonly used. There are specific types of dogs, um, as you know, that are going to be more protective than others that are going to be able to fend off a predator species. You know, they're, you named the Great Pyrenees. Uh, they're Karelian bear dogs. They're dogs that are bred specifically for um, protecting livestock from predators. I have friends that um, raise sheep in rural Montana, and they also have Great Pyrenees dogs that they think suffice just fine. Uh, other ranchers will use things like um, electrified fencing, in some parts of Idaho, I understand there are range rider programs. Um, I think some people um, like that idea, but I don't think that there's a lot of funding for it. But it, it is effective. And then some people believe in hazing animals, and that could involve um, yelling at them, blasting horns at them uh, to scare them away from the property from coming back. But I uh, couldn't tell you how effective that is. I don't think I'd want that job. What are the regulations in Montana related to trapping? What has the legislature done, and have there been any changes recently? Oh, there have been a lot of changes. In the 2021 session, um, there were um, increased quotas on wolves. Um, baiting was allowed. Um, there were some other ridiculous bills uh, allowing things like Spotlighting uh, that didn't that I don't think passed, but um, as you know, there have been bills to allow hound hunting for different species. Um, I think that there's a lot of special interest money coming into the state sponsoring, um, getting people to sponsor bills to um, increase quotas for animals and to increase the types of hunting that are permitted by the state. Um, you asked about House Bill 372, I believe it was. 
Yeah, I think that was uh, two or three years ago. Yeah, that was the 2023 session. That was Paul Fielder's bill to include trapping mm -hmm. as a right in the state constitution. It would have required a 75% support vote from the, the legislature for, from both bodies. And it didn't get it, thank goodness. Mm -hmm. And I think it was in part the fact that it was a constitutional amendment, but I also think that there were groups like the Montana Stock Growers Association who came in and said that the way that the bill was worded would have given priority to trappers and hunters over landowners and water rights owners. So it failed, thank goodness. And um, I don't think that's going to hurt hunters and trappers in any regard. Uh, the Montana Constitution provides an opportunity for people to, to hunt and trap fish. Is there any effort that you know of in Congress in Washington to limit trapping in any way? Not that I'm aware of. There is an, an effort right now to delist grizzly bears, though. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, the reasons cited um, are based on some false narratives, including increased depredation of livestock. That's just not true. The statistics bear that out. Um, it's, it's not significant enough to, to merit delisting. Some people claim that their population has increased to a, a level that it merits delisting. In reality, there's no way to know how many grizzly bears are in the state of Montana. We don't have an accurate way of determining the number of grizzly bears in the state of Montana. People can take an educated guess. It would hover around um, 1,000, I think, 1,200 max. And... Um, you know, if people think that there are more bears, it might be because they're moving out of um, historical migration patterns, and that's more attributable to loss of habitat, loss of food source, and that's probably our fault. So uh, do you carry on a public relations program to uh, try to oppose trapping activity? We're constantly messaging on the dangers of trapping. We just conducted a poll, a survey across the state with a large sample size, and the results bore out that 52% overall, people who are registered to vote in the state of Montana oppose trapping. That's a first. Um, when there have been polls and surveys conducted in the past by the University of Montana and Fish and Wildlife Parks, it's hovered around the high 40% opposed trapping. This year was the first year that we got results showing that a majority of Montanans opposed trapping. And interestingly enough, the University of Montana and Fish and Wildlife Parks conducted a survey which bore the same type of results. Are there other organizations that you cooperate with, like SPCA or Humane Society, who oppose trapping? We don't have any formalized way to collaborate with other groups, but when we're doing things like advocacy work, say we're going to... Um, speak at a commission meeting, um, testify at a legislative hearing. Um, there is a lot of collaboration between organizations. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where it matters most. You know, I would just say that uh, as far as formally, though, I think that there are opportunities, and we're looking for those opportunities. Are there other anti-trapping organizations in other states that you communicate with? We do, yeah. I was talking to an organization, uh, the director of an organization in Wyoming the other day. I think in those states where trapping is still allowed, there are like-minded 
um, similar mission organizations to Footloose Montana where they're working to ban trapping on public lands. Do you know the number of states where there is anti-trapping legislation or conversely where it's allowed? Well, according to what I've looked up, it's, there's a handful of states that have some type of regulation or outright bans. It looks like um, Arizona, California, Colorado, Florida, Massachusetts, New Jersey, Rhode Island, Washington, and Hawaii have all uh, restricted trapping in some form or another with New Jersey having the, the strongest um, laws against trapping. When it was heard in the Montana legislature, did you testify? When I was serving, I certainly argued against trapping bills. I didn't testify last legislative session for Paul Fielder's House Bill 372. I certainly followed it. I took a great interest in it for many reasons, primarily that it would have included trapping in our state constitution. But, yeah, it's just something that I'm strongly opposed to. The bill hearings were interesting to hear the arguments. You know, there were arguments based on compassion, suffering, safety, but then other people came in and talked about property rights and water rights being threatened by the legislation. And Footloose had several people there testifying on our behalf against that bill. How animated was the discussion that went on? (laughs) Well, I think during the bill hearing, there were certainly people that were testifying that were more animated than others. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't see anything out of the ordinary. Having served for four sessions for eight years and terming out of the house, there was nothing I'd never seen before. Is there out-of-state money that uh, comes in to support the trappers? Absolutely, yeah. Interestingly enough, that bill that Paul Fielder sponsored was just what we call a piece of model legislation from the NRA. So the NRA has sponsored similar or same pieces of legislation in several other states where the wording was really similar, almost identical. So Why does the NRA care? Uh, that's, That's not hunting, that's trapping. Right, but they want hunters to believe that their hunting rights will be threatened. I see. Okay. Has the governor announced his position in regard to trapping in Montana? (laughs) Well, I don't think that he had to. I think shortly after he was elected, um, he trapped a collared wolf outside of Yellowstone. His name was Max. And uh, actually, I think he had someone else trap it for him, snare it for him. And it uh, suffered there for um, a day or two before oh, he drove down and shot it point blank. So oh, I think I the position is fairly clear. I remember he shot it, but I didn't know it was trapped first. Yeah, yeah, it was um, lying there on the ground with its foot in a snare when he walked up to it and shot it. What's your game plan at Footloose? What do you hope for the future? We're working on our trapping workshops. We like to go out and educate people about the dangers of trapping on public lands. We like to help people identify the types of traps that they might encounter, um, what a legally placed trap is and what's not, and um, to be able to provide first aid to their pets, you know, should that happen. And it happens more frequently than we care to know just over the Christmas um, holiday there were three incidents of dogs getting caught in traps, and uh, one was probably an illegally placed trap, and it, the dog was injured quite badly. Mm. So we conduct trapping workshops, 
and we're also planning a series of panel discussions to mm. include hunters, wildlife biologists, wildlife experts, people that are in the travel and tourism industry, members of the tribe, some people that can speak to the cultural aspect of trapping, and we're planning on hosting those in several different locations around the state starting in March with the first one here in Missoula on March 11th at the Public Library starting at 5.30 p.m. Well, in 2013-14, there was an initiative attempt uh, to stop trapping or put a control on it. Is there any interest in renewing that kind of uh, an initiative? To my knowledge, there have been three ballot initiatives attempted. Yeah. Uh, only one, they collected enough signatures to get it on the ballot, and it was soundly beat by over 20 points. Um, so I think the appetite to try it again is, you know, measured by yeah. the likelihood that we get it on the ballot and get it passed. It takes a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of work to move a ballot initiative forward. And um, the ballot initiative in 2014 became quite contentious. There were reports made to the Commissioner of Political Practices for claims that trappers were harassing uh, signature gatherers, you know, just a lot of animosity from the trapping community. And there were falsehoods put out about how rights were going to be infringed on, that people's heritage would be taken away, that people's hunting rights were going to be next, that this was just a step toward taking away people's hunting rights. I think that narrative is coming from dark money groups like the NRA. But, you know, they're basing it all on things that some advocate in California said, you know, sometime way back in 2000-something. You know, Paul Fielder's testimony to that bill was a little bit ridiculous. It sounded like one time back at band camp, you know. <laughs> but it's worse, you know, it's not a laughable circumstance when you talk about Footloose Montana wanting to take away people's hunting rights. Mm -hmm. That's just not true. Mm -hmm. It's just a falsehood. Um, we're a hunting neutral organization. We have people who hunt that support our organization, that donate to us. We have people that are um, animal rights advocates who are completely vegan for moral reasons, that they don't support consumption of any type of animal. And we're, we're, that's just not a, an area of policy that we care to wander into. Do you have any idea of what it would cost to, to launch an initiative campaign? Oh, wow. You know, if I were going to take a guess, it would be anywhere from two hundred to 500000 Is there is there any resource that could be applied uh, to, to to get that kind of money? Well, I mean, applying for it, I don't know. I mean, there might be grants available. Most foundations, most gifters of grants steer clear of any type of political activity. So the likelihood of getting any type of a, a gift or applying for something to fund a ballot initiative isn't likely. I think that you have to get a ballot initiative funded the old-fashioned way by good hard work and, yeah, yeah getting it right. donor by donor. Working well, it. when you say that a poll indicated that more than 50% of people in Montana oppose trapping, you would think that maybe, maybe there would be some hope for uh, an initiative campaign. Mm -hmm. We are very encouraged by the fact that both our poll and the UM and Fish Wildlife Parks poll have similar indications that 52% of people in Montana do not support trapping and their decision or their, you know, their perspectives are based on the suffering of the animal, public safety, and just compassion. 
or for animals, suffering, compassion, and safety. And so the tide is moving in our direction right now. If our polling is accurate, I tend to think that it is, since there's a second poll that bears out the same results. But I think if you're going to pursue something like a ballot initiative, you want to have a lot stronger percentages turning your way before you pursue a ballot initiative. We have a number in mind. I'm not going to share it today. But, you know, we would certainly have to have a war chest of funding built up, an army of volunteers, and some solid polling to back it up before we make any effort to do that again. And we will when the time is right. Well, good luck, Jessica. We've run out of time, but I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you, and I wish you well. So thank you you very much. Yeah, thank you. Our guest today has been Jessica Cargella, Executive Director of Footloose Montana, working to end trapping. This has been Wilderness and Wildlife, a presentation of the Gallatin Wildlife Association in Bozeman, Montana. To hear more of these half-hour interviews, go online to js-wilderness.com or to kgvm.org and see additional features of our websites. Thank you very much for listening. I'm your host, Jay Shell.